Yes, hi, good morning everyone. Welcome along to Tradies News in a nutshell. It is Thursday morning, the 22nd of June, 2023. Daniel Pedigree back in the chair over the course of the next hour, broadcasting through SEN 1170 in Sydney, SENQ 693am in Brisbane, and SEN 1620am on the Gold Coast, 1300 01 1170, our open line number, or you can text 0457 736 736, all before breakfast with Vossie and James Magnuson this morning in for Brandy. And for our listeners in Queensland, it'll be Pat and Heels after 6am. A lot to get through. Chris Perkins will join me in America. We'll wrap up the Ashes. Uh, it was 24 hours ago we were talking about the Ashes with Paul Dennett, but we have to talk origin first. Queensland 32, New South Wales 6. It is our hot topic of the morning. The hot topic, thanks to Rain. Built tough for Aussie conditions. When it comes to water heating, ask your plumber to install a Rain. Yes, does your hot water need replacing? Go steady, hot and strong. Ask your plumber to install a ream. Uh, Charlie Goodsir is in the studio with me for the next five or ten minutes. Morning, Charlie. Good morning. How are you? Terrible. Terrible? Okay. Uh, I want to hear from Queensland fans, New South Wales fans this morning. Your first chance to have your say on Queensland's 32 points to six victory over New South Wales. one 1170 or 0457 736 736. We'll get to New South Wales in a minute because despite Queensland winning, there seems to be a lot more talking points out of New South Wales than Queensland. Let's start with the positive, though. Queensland, very good. I don't think they had a bad player on the field. Lindsay Collins was exceptional. Best game of his career. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah, before we get into the, um, <laughs> Negative. the despair that is New South Wales, <laughs> and I have a lot of thoughts on that. you just got to give credit where credit's due, and they played unbelievably well. Um, even though those two tries were line ball, yeah. I, I, I was okay with the two tries, to be honest with you. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I just thought they played lights out. I thought they started the second half exactly how they should, and they sort of shut the game out then and there. Mm. That first try in the first three or four minutes was – that's when I was like, game over. And even though I'm a much of a, very much a pessimist, mm. uh, I, I just thought they were playing really well. And like you said, I don't think they had a bad player on the field. Like mm. Lindsay Collins, where did that come from? I, I don't know. Uh, the Herculean <laughs> performance. That, that uh, tackle on Jerome Luai mm. right before half time was mm. – inspirational just lifted the team and I think in contrast to New South Wales they're a team that really plays for one another mm. rather than 13 individuals out on the field mm. um yeah they played unbelievably well outplayed outclassed New South Wales in not just game two but game one as well mm. and I expect them to do the same in game three and I look the f- first two tries they were line ball but I don't think it would have changed much of the no, match well, it evidently, anyway <laughs> the score line suggests that it didn't and at the end of the day New South Wales in the first half had enough chances themselves yep. to yep. score points so well done to Queensland as I said not a bad player on the field thoroughly deserved their victory any Queensland listeners listening in Queensland happy to hear from you this morning one 1100 or 0457 Seven seven three six seven three six. Now, New South Wales. Uh, I don't. Where do you start? Well, that's exactly what I was about to say. Um, okay, I'm going to ask you this question now. So, Tommy Turbo, which is really bad news uh, for Manly. You have to feel for Manly fans today. Uh, potentially, if if it is worst case scenario, NRL, NRL physio said ten to fourteen weeks, which would be season, which yeah. would be Turbo done, uh, which is worrying signs for Manly. My first question is, and I know Vossi mentioned this on the breakfast show last week about having no backs on the bench, uh, and Brandy said it was an educated risk. Why, when Turbo goes off, do you bring Damien uh, Cook, who is a world-class hooker on centre position, when you have players like Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo, even Hudson Young at a push can go and play centre? Why Damien Cook? Can you can you please try and explain that to me? No, I can't. <laughs> That's a simple answer. 
I will say, to Damien Cook's defence, yep. and by extension, Nico Hines as well, mm. not their fault. No. Completely not their fault. No. I thought Damien Cook tried as hard as he could, scored our only try, mm. and it was a pretty good try at, at that as well. Um, but just what, what's he meant to do against mm. an attack that, you know, he was facing against Valentine Holmes, who had a field day all night. Mm. What's he meant to do? He can't do anything. And, like, I agree that why not bring Hudson Young to that side mm. or bring Isaiah Yo or guys mm. who played the before? I think Cam Murray, the fact that he didn't go on straight away yeah. suggests to me that he wasn't 100% fit going into origin. And mm. that is such – that's like the cardinal sin of state mm. of origin is bringing in underdone players mm. because they're just going to get found out. And they got found out. All credit to Damien Cook. He mm. didn't put up a – a stink. He tried as hard as he possibly could, but he was out of position and they capitalised. And agree with you. I thought Damien Cook played well. I doubt he's ever played centre in his life. And if he has, it would have been a long, long time ago. Um, I thought on the broad side, look, I thought Mitch Moses tried his very best. And I know you've been critical yeah. of Mitch Moses. I thought he was good. I thought Actually, I thought Hudson Young was pretty good. On the flip side of that, I thought James Tedesco had another pretty quiet game, which was disappointing for him. And I thought Jerome Luai looked a bit lost out there as well. Yeah, I'll, eat, I'll happily eat humble pie. And I know a lot of people on the, the text line have mm. criticised with Mitch Moses. Mm. And after last night's performance, absolutely fair. Mm. Um, which almost made me think I kind of want him as my starting halfback <laughs> for New South Wales, mm. more so than Cleary. I think I think Cleary is that general, that um, you know, very, very structured player, which is great, mm. but I think Mitch Moses provided a spark. When he kicked on uh, the first tackle, we had that restart when he saw Reese Walsh. Mm. This is in the first half when he saw Reese Walsh out of position. Kicked it, I was like, yes, there's that spark. Mm. A couple of times he tried to go down the short side on the, the fourth or final tackle. It was either Stephen Crone letting him down or Toto out of position because he had to cover for Tedesco. Mm. Just nothing was going his way. And I think the, the big takeaway for me was that it wasn't a team out there. It was 13 individuals, especially mm. when Jerome Luai, he looked threatening, mm. but it, and he's not the only one that's guilty of this, but going from left to right and mm. swinging it back when it was the second or third tackle, mm. just, just run it straight, mm. run it there forwards. I just, it was the most frustrating first half performance I can recall in a very long time. Mm. And at halftime, I had, I, I could already see the writing on the wall. I was, mm. I'm done. Yep. I'm done. Got to give due credit to like players like Cam Munster, Willis Walsh, uh, who people were a bit 50-50 on coming into the series. I know uh, what happened at the end of the game happened, but he's been sensational in this series. Uh, Queensland, as I said, not a bad player on the field. couple more questions on New South Wales. More so game three, actually, before I ask you about the coaching situation. Um, decider, it's not going to be a decider, but game three in New South Wales, an 80,000-seat stadium, are you a little concerned about, I mean, it is Origin, so it is going to get a crowd, but are you a little concerned about how many people are going to turn up to that game in three weeks' time? Oh, I am. I'm, I'm absolutely, I am as well. And I did something I never have done in my life, watching Saturday. I switched off last night. Oh. After 65 minutes, I was like, I'm done. Had enough. I have, I've had enough. I've wrote, every person reaches their point in life where they just have to walk away, and that was me last night. Mm. I'm not. I'm not going to be watching Game Three. I'm not going to be watching State of Origin in the future until <laughs> this team can prove to me that they're. I don't know. It, the things will change because mm. it's the same script every single year. And my mates paid five hundred dollars to get a ticket to to Game Three because mm. he thought it was going to be a decider. Complete waste of money, and it's going to be a complete waste of time because, like, 
I don't want to say waste of time because that might seem a bit harsh for, for game three because I'm sure they'll bring in a lot of debutants, mm. a lot of players who will be much better for the experience. But in terms of all the, the heart that we've gone through the years, uh, especially myself as a young person growing up, just it's the same thing over and over again. And it's just infuriating. <laughs> infuriating. Yeah. I was trying to find my words there, but just it, it's, it is infuriating. Yeah. It will be interesting you mentioned who they can bring in. I suppose the thing about that is, as well, is that we don't know. Obviously, Fittler, Brad Fittler will be coach for next game. Greg Alexander will be the selection advisor. But obviously, their jobs are on the line, have to be on the job, have to be on the line. So how many changes do they make when they might not be in charge of anything next year? Who knows what happens? This is a bit of a tough one for us because we're mates with Brady. He's a great guy. But let's look at Brad Fittler. Does he survive? He will be there game three. Does he survive no, another year? No, he can't. No, you can't. You can't. No. We've, uh, we've had this era of dominance with a better roster, uh, just better players in, in general. And it, it you can't help injuries. Mm. I, injuries are a, a facet of the game where it's just unlucky. Like with Latrell Mitchell being out for two games certainly didn't help. Mm. But watching last night and even looking back at game one, him being there, I don't think helps at all, to be honest with you. I just think no. we, it, it, it just had the same issues in, in attack, looking a bit stunted. He, there's, he can't stay. Like We've squandered a golden generation and now Queensland have regenerated and now have another mm. amazing team that look, it d- pales in comparison to the, the team of the, the mid to mm. uh, early 2010s. But... Just uh, you, there's no way you can say, and, and I think for game three, just throw caution to the wind. Just put Lockie Miller at fullback. <laughs> put just Dylan like Edwards. Just, yeah, D- Dylan Edwards at fullback. Yeah. I think that's a per- that's a perfect way to look at it. I think Tedesco. I think last night, it, it, I think he just looked cooked. And uh, yeah, and it looked like he's carried his club form where he's not been great for the reasons he's had a couple of good matches into origin, and that's disappointing. That's something that he's never done before. And you mentioned Queensland, look, and you've got players like Reese Walsh coming through there, just getting to get more and more young players coming through, and they could be starting a new generation of success. Can't uh, wait. Can't <laughs> wait. I uh, know. Away from origin, uh, just a couple of texts here. Uh, how's your insect bite? You, you good? Yeah, it's good. It's good. The bandage comes off today. Yeah. Uh, I've got a bandage. It's got a... A uh, bit of blood and, and pus and schmutz uh, rolling about. But thank you for your concern on the text line. We're gl- glad you're back. Glad yes, you're back. Thank you. I'll let you go. Uh, I, um, it's, I know y- you being here is hard for you because you take it very, very personally, State of Origin. But we will talk tomorrow morning because, we've got, of course, we've got uh, the Wimbledon's Origin tonight. And then NRL, back into the NRL. Beautiful. Looking forward to it. I'll yeah, let you go I'm now. already perking up. Yes, exactly. And then Origin 3 in three weeks' time, then your mood goes down. Thank you, Charlie. Charlie Good Sir, back with me tomorrow morning as well as we look ahead to round 17 of the NRL, which begins tomorrow night. Stack of texts there, uh, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Your thoughts, New South Wales. Um, what has to change for game three? Does Brad Fittler stay as coach post this series? 0457736736. On the flip side, Queensland. Mentioned it with Charlie. How good were they? Uh, Cam Munster, Daly Cherry Evans, Lindsay Collins, who had a really good first game, uh, out jumping James Desco to clinch the first game. He was brilliant last night uh, for the Queensland team. Uh, I don't think, as I said at the top of the show, I don't think Queensland had a bad player. But New South Wales, Charlie pointed it out, they were going side to side. There wasn't really a lot being offered in attack from anyone, really. I think Mitch Moses tried his best, especially in the first half, but 
Uh, I still will not understand, um, and maybe Brad Fittler, someone will explain it to us, but I still will not understand why on earth Damien Cook was moved into that centre position. And as Charlie said, not Damien Cook's fault at all. He tried his best. Um, But again, we had no back on the bench, um, and that's something, as I said, Vossi pointed out last week. Now, fair enough, take an educated risk, but... You had, when you have players like a Cam Murray, Isaiah Yo, Hudson Young, why not move one of them to the centre position? Um, and whilst you, when you move Damien Cook to centre, you take away what he can offer off the bench at hooker. A very strange decision. Uh, a couple of texts before a break. This from Chris. Lads, Fittler out, uh, Hudson Young out, uh, Tyson Frizzell out, Addo Carr out. That is all. That from Chris. This one from Brad Morning, uh, Dan. Lindsay Collins, optimise what good club players do when they put on the mighty Maroon jumper. Uh, yeah, well, he was sensational. Absolutely sensational. My New South Wales best was Jerome Loy, who ran 300 metres, but 299 of it was sideways. Thank you. Uh, it was good to see the hatred between states return big time last night. That makes origin. That one from Brad. Thank you, mate. Keep those tests coming in. New South Wales fans, what do you do? Does Brad Fittler somehow survive? Oh, I can't see it happening. And if he doesn't survive, who would you like to see as coach of New South Wales next year and beyond? Name a coach, can be a club coach, can be someone that's not coaching. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. If Brad Fittler is out, who should be New South Wales coach next year? Queensland fans, were you there at Suncorp Stadium? Would love to hear from someone that was there at Suncorp last night. Would always love, have never done an origin in Queensland. Would love to do it. Are you happy? And are you really confident about the success, two series wins in a row and maybe another generation of Queensland victories. You happy with what you've seen from Queensland? You must be ecstatic. Queensland fans, feel free, ring in and rub it into the New South Wales fans. 0457 736 736, the text number. Call the open line anytime uh, you call up. We'll get you straight on the air. 1300 01 1170. Your thoughts on the game last night? Brad Fittler, is he going to survive? If not, who would you have as New South Wales coach for the future? And Queensland fans, just ring to celebrate if you want. It's quarter past five, one 1170 0457 736 736. Thursday morning, Treddy's News in a nutshell. We are going to cross to America in just a second. Plus, Paul Dennett from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast will join me in about 15 minutes to review the Ashes, the first game of the Ashes. I can't believe it's already been 24 hours since that. But obviously, Origin dominating the discussion this morning. Stack of text there. Let's get through a few more before we chat with Chris. This is from Rob in Blacktown. Uh, he goes, Dan, apart from a few, a few brain snaps from Reese Walsh, last night's game was a game that was a team of men versus a team of boys. I'm sure Billy Slater will sort out Walsh's attitude for game three. New South Wales pathetic. There was no direction at all. At all, Yes, they were defended out of the game. But if that's the best we have, then a complete clean out is what's called for, including coaches like the team had no answers for the Queensland team. Our coaches had no answers for their coaching staff. Rob in Blacktown. Good text, Rob. Thank you. Anthony on the text line says, simple. We in New South Wales press and public punish players like Victor Radley. Queensland uh, press celebrate players like Tino. That from Anthony. Uh, yeah, I get where you're 
coming from uh, with that to an extent. Um, and Razor, a Queenslander. Hello, hello, hello. Is everybody okay down there? Yes, we are all fine. Well, I'm slightly concerned for Charlie Good, sir, but for me, I'm fine. Uh, just checking. Uh, see you in July. Enjoy your participation trophy. Remember, you win some or you're New South Wales and you lose more. Thank you, uh, Razor, for that one. 0457 736 736. Our text number or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Keep the text coming in. Um, your thoughts on last night's game. Can someone please explain to me, anyone, anyone at all, why Damien Cook was playing centre? Can someone come up with a theory as to why Damien Cook was playing centre? A good theory. Uh, Queensland fans, like Razor just there, feel free to jump on the text line call. Let me know your thoughts of the game last night if you were there. Uh, if you're watching it, or most of everyone listening would have been watching it, 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. And is Brad Fittler's time up as coach of the New South Wales Blues? And if it is, who would you like to see coaching New South Wales next year? I've had some suggestions on the text line, which I will get to in a couple of minutes after we speak to Chris. But who would you like to see coaching New South Wales next year? Club coach, non-club coach, let me know. Uh, serious suggestions and non-serious suggestions, all welcome. 0457 736 736 or 1300 01 1170. Origin will continue to dominate the show, but at 21 and a half past five, let's do this. Now on Tradies News, it's time to get the latest from the USA. And on the line in a traffic jam, I believe, is Chris Perkins. Morning to you, Chris. You win some or you're from New South Wales. <laughs> Razor from the top rope. Yes. Uh, well, uh, as I said, we broadcast through Sydney on 1170 and many listers oh. up in Queensland as well through SENQ 693, SEN 1620 AM on the Gold Coast. Happy to hear from anyone this morning between now and 6 AM. Yeah. Queensland fans celebrating, New South Wales fans commiserating, Chris. Yes, the Queenslanders are up and about at this early hour. Wow. As Good they, morning, Dan. How as, you doing? as they should be, as they as should be. Now, before we get to your uh, couple of sport topics, and we will get your all-important NRL tips as well, uh, you messaged okay. me the other day saying that, and this is worrying news, I reckon, for a lot of our listeners, but you have a new favourite TV show, and it's Australian, apparently. <laughs> I have found Big Brother Australia. Oh, dear. Now this, I was at home. This is the new version. Not a lot of sport on yeah, the, the, not a lot of sport on in, in in the U.S. right now. My baseball team stinks. No football, no hockey. All I have is soccer left, and that's once a, maybe twice a week. Mm. So I I got online. I was getting kept getting these random videos from Big Brother Australia on my Facebook feed. I watch them. They look good. Mm. So I was going to try to find this, and I found a couple of seasons on Paramount Plus. So I have been binge watching. Uh, the 2021 season of Big Brother um, on my home time. So uh, I've gotten, I think i got five episodes left. So it, I, but I'm really enjoying it. I think I have found my new job, though. The mm -hmm. next job that I want, I want to be on Big Brother. I want to be Big Brother. Ah, you want to, I want okay. To be the voice. Yeah, yeah. Well, that would good be a good morning, job. Good morning, housemates. Yeah, that, that, would be, that would be a good job. Uh, any listeners on SEN just taking away uh, from Origin, just for a second, keep them those texts coming in there. There's a stack of them flying through. Um, anyone watch Big Brother? Are you with Chris? You've got about five or six minutes of this segment. Anyone watch Big Brother? Anyone else listing in the SEN audience watch Big Brother? 
0457 No spoilers. No, no spoilers. No, I wouldn't I wouldn't dare do that. Would not dare do that. Uh, 0457 or 1300-011170. Back to your text about Origin shortly as well. Uh, but a couple of things, Chris, for you. Uh, the NBA draft, what's happening there? Yeah, it's tomorrow night. Uh, Victor Wimbanyama uh, from France. He just finished his season with his team in France. Uh, they were knocked out of uh, their playoffs by Monaco, three games to none. Uh, so he wraps his season, hops on an airplane. He was in New York last night. Uh, he'll get drafted first overall by the San Antonio Spurs tomorrow night. Although we did find out something that he cannot do well. On, a, on an athletic uh, on an athletic field, apparently he cannot pitch. Ah, that's not he good. threw out the first he threw out the first pitch at Yankee Stadium last night for the Yankees game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'm going to quote uh, Bob Uecker's character Harry Doyle from the movie Major League. Uh, his first pitch was just a bit outside. Very good. That's uh, good voice this, actually. Well, yeah. Very good. This, Missed the plate by probably three feet. Ah. Uh, went, I think it went all the way to the backstop. It, it wasn't pretty. Victor, stick to basketball. Please stick to basketball because you are going to kill the NBA. Yes, yes. Seven and- foot five uh, with with handle, can pass. He can play point guard. At seven foot five, the man can be a point guard mm. because he's got good handle. He can pass. He can shoot the three. He can play inside. He can defend the rim. He can defend the three-point line. This kid puts 20 pounds on his frame. Oh, my goodness. Mm. The kid's going to destroy the NBA. I just hope he stays healthy. All right. Going to be interesting. A very interesting one to watch. And the College World Series is down to its final, final four teams. Yeah, uh, we are very much at the pointy end. This is the Division I uh, uh, baseball tournament, men's baseball tournament uh, in college. Uh, it's called the College World Series. It's played every year in Omaha, Nebraska. Uh, we have gotten down to the last four of this double elimination tournament. Uh, and so we're now to the point where uh, we could have back-to-back games because the games today, they're elimination, they're sort of elimination games. For one team, Florida plays TCU at uh, uh, that game, uh, in fact, starts or actually is going on right now. If uh, TCU wins, uh, they'll have to play again tomorrow in a winner take all t- for the trip to the, the final series this weekend. Uh, same thing for Wake Forest and LSU. If LSU loses tonight, they're out, but if they win, over the number one team in the country, they'll have to play again tomorrow. Now, the winners of these, the, the two teams that ultimately come out of this, uh, the final four pairings, uh, will play starting Saturday in a best-of-three series uh, for the uh, national championship in college baseball. So, like I said, we were at the very, very much the pointy end of the tournament, the pointy end of the season. Trophies uh, about to be handed out in, mm. in college baseball. But a lot of fun games uh, have had some great comebacks, great rivalry games, LSU and Tennessee, conference mm. rivals. 
Uh, they played last night. It's It's been a good tournament to watch. All right. Going to be very interesting to see how that plays out as well. A little shorter segment today uh, than usual, Chris, because we have a stack of texts, as you can imagine, uh, from yeah. Origin last night. But before we let you go, Chris, if you're new to the show, uh, our American friend knows everything about sport. I uh, started to get his NRL tips about six weeks ago. Uh, he got four from five last weekend. So I think we need to do it again. And, of course, uh, we will do a full preview on the show tomorrow with Charlie Goodsir, who was in the with me before at the top of the show. I'm sure he'll be in a better mood tomorrow. He'll be over New South Wales' loss tomorrow. All right, uh, let's fly through these tips, Chris. Uh, pens and paper, ready, listers, write them down, note them down on your phone. Uh, starts tomorrow night. St. George Illawarra Dragons up against the Warriors, the New Zealand Warriors. Uh, Dragons and Warriors. Um we're going to take the Warriors. Okay, Warriors. Uh, I think quite a smart move there. Uh, Dolphins up against the Parramatta Eels. Hmm, that's... Let me see here. They're both basically the same team, although Parramatta plus 104-point differential, and they're only sitting eight. Mm. Uh, Who are you tipping? I'm going to take the Eels. Eels, okay, Eels. Good one. Uh, Panthers, Penrith Panthers up against Newcastle Knights. I'll take Penrith. Penrith, yep, okay. Uh, The 7.30 game this weekend on Saturday, Melbourne Storm up against the Manly Seagulls. Manly with a big injury from Origin last night. Yeah, I'm going to take Melbourne. I I, I tend not to shy away from from tipping Melbourne. I know they've got a pretty good history. They do. Uh, Broncos, Sunday games. Broncos, Brisbane, Broncos, Gold Coast Titans. Uh, I'll take Brisbane. Brisbane, okay. Well, I'm liking these tips so far, I have to say. Chris, uh, Rabbitohs up against South Sydney, Rabbitohs up against the North Queensland Cowboys. Yeah, I'll take the Rabbitohs. And the final game is the Sydney Roosters up against the Canberra Raiders. That's Sunday night. You cut out on me. I didn't hear that. Uh, Sydney Roosters, Canberra Raiders, the final game. Ooh, Sydney and Canberra. I am going to take Sydney. Okay, you got the Roosters. Okay, thank you. All right, we'll review those on Monday. Uh, Good stuff, Chris. We'll chat then. Have a good week. I hope you get out of that traffic jam very soon and have a good weekend. Mm, Me too. Thanks. Have a good day. Thank you, mate. Chris Perkins on the line from America. All right, Tex, uh, there is a stack of them. Let's uh, get through them. This from the Daggy Dragon. Damien Cook may have been playing centre, but he's the only one that scored... Uh, the try, scored a try, the Daggy Dragon for New South Wales. Look, no, uh, Daggy Dragon, this is nothing against Damien Cook. I thought, and Charlie made the point as well, I thought he played as well as he could at centre. Um, it's not his fault. Uh, it wasn't Nico Hines' fault he got moved to centre in the first game as well. And no one's having a go at Damien Cook. I think Damien Cook was very good, uh, as good as he could be. My point is, why play him there in the first place when you have other options? Yes, you may not have a back on the bench, which was a risk anyway going into the game. But you do have other options at a pinch that I think would have been better suited to the centre position than Damien Cook. But I take your point. He played well. Uh, he, he tried his heart out, Damien Cook. Um, but unfortunately, he's not a centre, and that is not his fault. Uh, uh, my personal opinion is he probably shouldn't have been playing there in the first place. Uh, this from – thank you for the text, Daggy Dragon. Uh, this from Foghorn – now, Foghorn Leghorn. Hi, Dan. Idea for coach – Adam O'Brien, this is a little harsh. Adam O'Brien, he won't have a job and he can't coach, uh, which is New South Wales' criteria for a coach. Thank you, Foghorn uh, Leghorn. Very good early on in uh, the morning. Uh, this from Gary. Dan, Mitch Moses was very average. Look, 
I thought Moses in the first half was probably our best attacking player, New South Wales' best attacking player. Uh, he says Reese Walsh is, a, is yeah, okay. Reese Walsh, uh, he doesn't like Reese Walsh. Jerome played okay. Josh Adokara, shocker. You must have watched another game. Uh, look, uh, okay, fair enough. I take your point on board. Thank you, uh, Gary. Uh, this one, uh, can we please end the Luai-Yo experiment? I've said it for months. Yo is fantastic. But there is better lock options at origin level. Great player for Penrith, but for origin, you need some X factor. Move on. Uh, yeah, well, look, both very good players. I do think Jerome Luai, thank you for the text, uh, no name on him, but ends in 031. I do think Jerome looked a little lost last night and was going sideways a lot um, throughout the game. Charlie made mention of it. As well, this one, no name on it, Ben's ends in 337. New South Wales have gone through all of their retired halves as coaches after the Queensland dominance. Maybe soon they'll realise just because they could play doesn't mean they can coach. Uh, thank you for that one. Uh, this one, my suggestion to coach New South Wales would be Nathan Brown. Uh, the former NRL coach. I just think he'd be the right person for the job. No week-to-week grind of the NRL. Just think he has what it takes. Rob, thank you, Rob. Yeah, that's an interesting one as well. And you see um, Nathan Brown taking it. Who would? If, look, if Bradford is not going to be the New South Wales coach next year, who is your New South Wales coach next year? 0457 736 736 or 1300 0111 70. One more before a break. Uh, Brad Fittler was one of my favourite players, but as a coach, he has no idea at all. Uh, every one of my friends and me turned off after 30 minutes. Didn't even last a half time, Darren. Uh, thank you for the text. Keep them coming in. Your thoughts on last, night game, last night's game. Queensland fans, you can be happy about it. New South Wales fans, you can be uh, a little upset about it. But if you cannot... Have well, if Bradford is not coach next year, who is? Who would you have as New South Wales coach? Oh four five seven seven three six seven three six or one three hundred oh one eleven seventy. Couple more texts just before we talk a bit of cricket. Uh, this one, Fitler's choices and games game plans making Queensland's man of the match. Thank you. Uh, no name on that, but ending in three three seven. And this one from Deanie Weenie. I reckon you would have slept well last night if your name was Nico Hines. Fitler goes Nico Hines in right the wrong. Uh, regards, Deanie Weenie. Yes, uh, Nico. I think should have been there potentially. But anyway, uh, there you go. I uh, keep the texts and calls coming in. Plenty to talk about. But let us do this. Now on Tradies News, let's get the latest in cricket. Thursday morning, Tradies News in a nutshell. Get back to your texts and your calls on Origin in a second. 0457 736 736 or 1300 1170. But 24 hours ago, we were talking about the Ashes. The show really yesterday dominated all by cricket, even though it was Origin game day. That remarkable innings by Pat Cummins and a remarkable victory to end what was an exciting, thrilling first test. And Paul Dennett is on the line from the Cricket Unfiltered podcast to talk us all through the last match and have a bit of a look ahead to the second test beginning in under a week's time. Now, Paul, good morning to you. Morning, Dad. How are you going? Yeah, I'm good. Have you recovered yet from the excitement of 24 hours ago? Not really. I'm really thrilled because, uh, you know, I, I think Australian cricket fans have been spoiled over the years because we tend to win more than we lose. But the one thing, we lose all the close ones. And I can go back, um, you know, I was listing the matches in my head mm. and it's just, from way back in Adelaide in 1992-93 where we lost that one and then Edgbeston um, in 2005. 
the list goes on and on. So to finally be on the right side of one, um, yeah, it's a, it's a thrilling experience. I was very happy. Yeah, it was an amazing match. And I thought, and this has been a much talked about Ashes series in the build-up, and I thought from the first ball when it was hit for four, you knew you were in for a thrilling test match. Um, I must say, I said on the show yesterday that when they were eight down and Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon were, well, there were a couple of sixes hit, but there was a, quite a lot of singles and two runs. And you thought, are we going to see a repeat of Edgebaston in 2005? Thankfully, we didn't. But just talk us through the, the 55-run partnership Pat Cummins and Nathan Lyon put together. It was a remarkable achievement and one you won't see very often. Well, to give you an idea of just how remarkable it was, mm. when they came together, Australia's chances seemed so remote that it almost looked like they were going to play for the draw, mm. which would have been almost hilarious because it would have been the most anti-basketball thing <laughs> you've ever done. Um, but Cummins blocked a couple and I thought, wait a minute, um, the run rate required, I couldn't even believe I was thinking along those lines, is now getting up to you know, three, three and a half and over. And uh, surely they're not going to play for a draw. And then uh, Stokes kept um, Joe Root on for one extra, one over too many. Mm. And Cummins yeah. then just launched him for 14 in that over. And the, it was on for then. On. And from that time on, it, my, my thinking completely switched. And it suddenly felt, having been very pessimistic the whole test match, I started to think, there's a chance these guys are actually going to do this. Yeah, well, I woke up with 15 overs uh, remaining. In fact, the first over I watched was the over that Pat Cummins uh, hit uh, for two sixes, I think it was. Um, and then you thought, oh, okay, I think got down to about 37 runs to win. What about Pat Cummins' captaincy? He gets criticised from certain sections of the media, more so the fans uh, of Australian cricket for different sort of things. But firstly, a great innings. But I thought he captained them very well in this first test. Well, I'm really happy for him because I, I love him as a captain in terms of the fact that for the first time in a long time, um, and, and Tim Payne probably brought this along as well, but the Australian team are no longer kind of the, uh, the, the respected but loathed as, as the rest of the world. Like you, you see some English fans say, oh, through gritted teeth, I actually find this team halfway likeable. And I, I kind of like that as an Aussie. Mm. Um, so I, I really like the grace that he's kind of bringing to the team. Um, and I think he's a really good leader of people. I don't put any stock in the whole thing around um, him getting rid of Langer. I think that he handled that situation actually really well. The only criticism I've ever had um, has been, has he been a little bit too defensive um, on the field with his you know, field settings? And day one, pushed the field back. Wasn't what I liked, but he can point to the scoreboard and say, listen, um, we absorbed the pressure. We, you know, they're talking about the rope of dope like Muhammad Ali did. Uh, we absorbed the pressure. We prevented them from going at an extraordinary run rate and ultimately at the end at the end of the day we were vindicated i still think there are one or two too many instances where good balls could get defended and uh, the batters take a single uh, so i think that, that they've pinned their colors to the master this is the way that they're going to play um throughout the rest of the series i'd prefer a few more fielders up but other than that yeah i'm um um, Pat Cummins all the way. And Paul, we'll obviously have a chat next Wednesday and the lead up to uh, the second match. And we don't know if there's going to be any uh, team selections that are different from game one, because I think the big difference between the end of the first game compared to the rest of the four test matches is the next four are really quite close together, in particular game two and game three. This time they've had that week off. We saw from the other side of the field, Stuart Broad was exhausted, as you'd expect him to be, after he finished up, after that match finished up yesterday today. We've talked about it and I talked about it with Menons last week about at some stage we're going to be seeing some bowling rotation one would expect. Do you expect to see that in game two or maybe a bit too early to tell at the moment? 
I think as long as there are no injuries, then they probably won't rotate the game to at least Australia mm. for the reasons that you just said. That it's it's, it's after that that the, the the if anything the schedule becomes even more condensed. You know, back in the day when they'd have a a month between games, or sometimes they'd finish a game and have a county game the next morning and kind of have to um, uh, raffle at who was the least hungover to actually turn up and play <laughs> the game the next day. <laughs> um, that's a long way away from that now. I think that it will, it will come down to form, and I think mm. that Scott Boland, um, there'll be pressure for him. I hope he's not um, dropped because of the fact that he's had one poor test match, and every other test match he's played has been su- superb. Yeah. And I think that Lords, with its slope, would really suit his style of bowling. Mm. Uh, but I think that there will be a strong impetus to want to get Mitchell Stark back into the into the side. So assuming there's no injuries, I think it'll be more on form for the second test. But then I think the rotation will certainly kick in in the rest of the series. Yeah, going to be interesting to see how it plays out. I want to ask you about Bazball before we let you go. For, I suppose, the casual cricket fan, it might have been the first time we've actually sat down or you've actually sat down and watched it. Because obviously when Australia aren't in the Ashes, England are playing uh, this time of the year, but it clearly doesn't dominate uh, the headlines like it does with the Ashes in Australia. So maybe if you, even if you're not a casual cricket fan, but maybe if you really love the cricket, but it really is only in your mind from, what, November to February. It was probably the first time a lot of people had seen this. And I think from everyone that was watching, I think the overwhelming majority of people really enjoyed it. Yes, they lost, but the fact that they played that way is what made the Test match or part of what made the Test match so special. Absolutely. I'm a massive fan. And Mm. what I think so wonderful about it is yeah, it's joyous and it brings in the crowds and it's the best thing to do in England where, sadly, for me anyway, as a cricket devotee, that the sport over there has been year on year dwindling in its popularity and it's kind of, they've got to do something uh, to get the average person interested in it again. But I think what the beauty of it is, is that it's also the pragmatic way to play as well. I think it's actually the best way, if you're purely interested in results, it's actually the right way to play. And I always go back to what Adam Gilchrist said, that, he batted at seven and he was the keeper. And he felt when he walked out to bat that as long as he'd done a good job with the gloves, he had the freedom to bat um, and express himself. And he said, I never wanted to bat at six and be a specialist batter because then I'd have to feel like, oh, I've got to play properly and um, you know, really value my wicket and all those sorts of things. The, the freedom to play without pressure that he had is what Ben Stokes has and Brendan McCullum have done for the entire England side. And mm. the, also the notion that we are always going to go for the win um, is a really amazing kind of notion. And the fact that they batted so aggressively throughout this test match, if they played in in a normal way, like the Australians did, it's no criticism of the Australians, this game would have ended in a draw. Um, As it was, England probably should have won it. Um, They they had it to win and they lost it. But as a result of the the tactics that he put in, um, it's a, a thrilling test match, one that we're going to talk about for years. Other than one, as opposed to one that would have been a, a, a humdrum draw. They lost this one, but I think that um, the results have shown so far up till now that they're going to be on the right side of things more often than not. So it's a beautiful way to play, and it's a pragmatic way to play, and I love it. Yeah, Paul Dennett are there, part of the Cricket Unfiltered podcast, along with Andrew Mensel, Jaleesa Apps. We'll catch up with Paul as well, as I said, next Wednesday for a full preview of the second Ashes Test. Can't wait. More text before we go to the break. This one, morning, Dan. Licking my wounds this morning. Definite changes for Game 3. Tedesco out, Edwards in, Campbell Graham in the centres, and in the forward you have to bring back uh, RCG and maybe Blood Keon, uh, Tolly, uh, easy for me to say, an impact off the bench uh, that uh, 
that will improve things. Thank you. Uh, this one, I love this text. Walked out of my last prenatal class with a score at 10-0. Didn't wish I had left the birth video on. Would have been uh, would have been better to watch. We're doomed from the start. Uh, ben Hornby, next Blues coach. Matty John's assistant. Interesting. Uh, this one, if the NRL changed the 18th man rule to the equivalent of AFL, uh, the New South Wales would have had a centre in Matt Burton last night. Yes, true. And this one, before a break morning, Fitler and coaching staff have to go. And I would get either Tuvi or Hasler. Players I would keep. Robson Young, to, oh, Young, a bloke from the Tigers, you'd command Also, I would put uh, work into Pasinka from Manly, but get rid of Fitler and the staff now. Uh, it's only just starting. 0457 736 736, our text number, or 1300 01 1170. Breaking back with more Tradies News in a nutshell. Just enough time to squeeze in a quick call on the open line, 1300 01 1170. James from Hornsby's on the line. Morning, James. Morning, Dan. Um, I'll be real quick. Uh, I feel very, very sorry for two people, really. Who? Or three. Who? Uh, James Magnuson and Trent Cop. Well, because they're out of a job, because when Brandy gets the flick, <laughs> they won't, he'll be back full time on the radio. And Paul Brandy, I mean, I hope he's got enough teaspoons and towels and slippers and bathrobes from all the things because he's not going to have to pay for them from now on, won't he? He might have to. He might have to. I think that that's that would be front of his mind this morning. I'm sure, uh, Paul Brandy. No, look, don't don't worry. Uh, Miss Ole and also Trent Copeland uh, will have a job because, of course, he has to have his RDO every Wednesday. So I'm sure they'll they'll find some room for Miss Ole and Trent. Uh, <laughs> thank you for the call, James. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, Brady back with Vossi uh, tomorrow morning on the breakfast show. Uh, now, this one. Morning, Dan. Time to get rid of Fitler and bring in someone Queensland Hey, Paul Gallen. Anyone. Uh, no name on that text. It ends in 880. Uh, this one. Uh, uh, hi, Dan. This is about the cricket. Hi, Dan. Yes, uh, the win in the cricket was amazing and thrilling, but let's not gloss over how poor the top order was uh, outside of Usman. Correct. Can't afford to have Tal Enders get us home. Yep. Uh, it happened like yesterday and it was great. Uh, you wouldn't want to do that every test match because I don't think it would happen every test match. Good point. Uh, yeah, I thought the top order was... Uh, I'll, I'll put that to Paul, actually, next week. Good text. Uh, this one uh, from Will. For a start, they need to grab that Penrith ghetto plaster and toss it into the Nepean River. Thank you, uh, Will, from Victoria. This one from Jason. Dan, go you mighty Queenslanders. We played very well. Yes, played excellent. Uh, absolutely. Um, excellent. Um Text from Dan saying, uh, why would you play Cook at centre instead of Murray? That is a very, very good question, and I'm glad you asked it. One I can't answer. Maybe someone else will be able to answer at some point. And this one, and I think it sets the theme of the day, uh, especially for this is on his SEN 1170. This from Jason. Morning, Dan. As far as the New South Wales coach goes, after such a disappointing result, Krusty the Clown may as well coach them next year. Thank you, Jason. Uh, for listeners in Queensland, you'll go off and celebrate with Pat and Heels for the next three hours. For listeners through SCN 11.70am, uh, it will be Vossi and James Magnusson, a full wash-up of State of Origin game number two. And if the last uh, hour is anything to go by, the text line is going to be in meltdown right throughout the day here on SCN. Thank you for your company. Breakfast show's coming up after the news. I'll be back with you for the final one of the week tomorrow morning from 5am. Have a great day. Breakfast follows the news.